0: And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around, and they were terrified. (laughs) But the angels said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. But Mary treasured up all those things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, and for all the things that they had heard and seen, which they, were, which were just as they had been told.
1: I asked uh, Wayne if we could show this tonight, because I think that cartoonists have a particular knack for drawing our attention to some of the absurdities of life. And this one from Sandra Boynton, if you have or had younger children, you recognize her artwork, caught my attention. I now call any stress moment around the holidays an overwhelmed chicken moment. So feel free to use that if it helps you get through anything. But I love the list that the chicken is going through that starts with clear out the fridge, and make the shopping list, and the grocery shopping, and the last-minute gifts, and it goes through things that are probably fairly normal for many of you until the end where there is decorate everything and learn to play carols on the tuba. (laughs) The silliness in the cartoon, of course, isn't just that there is a lot to do at this time of year, it is that we expect so much of ourselves. And it shows up in another way. If it doesn't show up in busyness some years, it sometimes shows up in the way that we experience grief around this time of year. Whether it is our first Christmas without family around, the way that we might miss a loved one more, sometimes just a particular loneliness that settles in. We're often not very forgiving with ourselves. We seem to have this sense that Christmas needs to be something particular, and it is our fault if it is not one great big month of jolly wonder. 31 days. I've wondered what creates so much passion over this particular season, and I know that we could point um, at a particular consumerism and a push to drive more and do more, but I think that underneath all of that, there is a more hope-filled answer. I think that underneath whatever maybe less helpful things Christmas might bring up for us, there is really the sense that Christmas can change us. We lean into this month because we want our Scrooge moment. When the Christmas spirit gets a hold of us and it transforms us into people who live better and do better all year long. We want joy. This year at UCC Longmont, we played a bit with our traditions and we reimagined the Advent candles along with a theme of birthing justice. And so each Sunday, as you heard, we pondered a particular practice that helps people welcome the Christ in everyone. And tonight, as you also heard, our practice is joy. That's a shift, maybe, to think of joy as a practice. I think we tend to think of it as a reward for work well done, something like a victory party once we have accomplished our tasks. And so thinking of joy as a practice reminds us that it is essential to the Christian life, not just something that we might get to. As Valerie Kaur says, in joy we see even darkness with new eyes, Joy returns us to everything that is good and beautiful and worth fighting for. But there's a sweet spot to practicing joy. Giving generously and receiving open-heartedly and creating places of beauty, which are all things that are part of Christmas, are certainly part of the practice of joy. But there is an easing off that comes, too, and it is something that you learned if you watched any Christmas movies at all, ever. (laughs) Joy comes when we open ourselves to the unexpected, when we're prepared just to receive it, whether life is going according to plan Or not. That's why my favorite uh, Christmas movie this year isn't a Christmas movie at all. It's actually uh, the musical Come From Away, which I watched this fall, and it tells the story of the small towns in Newfoundland where flights were diverted when US airspace closed on September 11th. The towns doubled their population, when they took in 7,000 people that they housed and fed and entertained for four days. And I loved the title especially, Come From Away, which I learned comes from a Newfoundland phrase to mean anyone who isn't from there. I don't know how people in Newfoundland use the phrase. But I do imagine that the inflection could say a lot. Like the way that we might say newcomer. Or newcomer. There's a choice, isn't there? And the choice that tonight's come-from-away story of all of the people arriving in Bethlehem brings with it is that if Christ comes in the stranger, What joy will we welcome him with? For a season that is laden with tradition and traditionalism, Christmas is really about embracing the new. Not only is it a come from away story, it invites us to be a come from away people meaning it invites us to keep seeing the world for what it, is, what it could be and not just what it is. Along the route to Bethlehem, I like to think of all of the countless places where people could have chosen a different path, an easier path maybe, a familiar path. And yet, they make that hard choice in that moment. And they make that hard choice because they do it with eyes that see the potential. The Christmas story is played out a thousand times a day, even now. All over the world, any time people choose to turn toward the stranger, rather than away from them, or to confront injustice rather than letting it stand. As we get together here, together tonight then, in this time that I think of as a thin time, where heaven is so close that we can almost touch the promise, We might pause for a moment to ask, what emboldens people to make that choice? In other words, what is it that helps us practice joy even in the midst of upheaval? And for that, I want to return to the way that our scripture ended. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which God has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds show us that joy multiplies in the sharing. Those angels have barely put the trumpets back in what I imagine are little angel pockets (laughs) when the shepherds take over. They just appoint themselves these grand marshals of a joy parade, and they embrace the upheaval of what has come into their lives, and they shout that good news from Bethlehem to the fields and beyond. And from Mary, we learn that while God's joy is for everyone, it is also personal. She treasures these things and she ponders them in her heart. But it isn't the pondering of questioning. It's the pondering of wonder. Mary ponders these things the way that we ponder the things that there are no words for. She sits. And from Mary, we learn that sometimes joy is quiet, and in the quiet comes strength. The Christmas celebration whatever it is for each of you this evening and tomorrow will come and it will go. And I know that it will come and it will go differently for each of you. But whatever it brings, I hope that there is joy. Whether it is soft and personal or filled with so much noise, you think that the shepherds and the angels are right there in your living room. And while we can't make Christmas last forever the way the song says, I do hope that you take the experience and that you take from it the practice of joy and that it emboldens you to make the choices that you want to make in the coming year.